This show is brought to you by Slice on Broadway. Supporting Pittsburgh podcasting with the perfect pepperoni pizza, SliceOnBroadway.com. And listeners like you, support this show at Patreon.com slash AwesomeCast. Hey guys, it's the Awesome Cast, episode 291. I'm Mike Sorg, at Sorgatron, on the Twitter, ready to talk technology, gadgets, social media, and whatnot with you guys. Maybe a little video game. We're, we're, the video games are creeping in here uh, now, that, now that Boss Battle isn't, isn't after us, but they're still doing stuff. Go check out AnswerCoinToBegin.com. They're definitely still doing the show and doing some really cool stuff over there. I'm hearing things. I'm hearing things. Uh, but with me in studio, he's back from Studio C. Chilla is on hand with us. He's got the pizza at arm's length, I noticed. It's right here. It's mine. <laughs> it's all mine. He's ready to go. Ready to go. And also, uh, first time on this show, but we did talk to her over on the Awesome Chat. Please go look that up over on AwesomeCast.net. Kim Lyons, local local journalist. Kim Lyons has joined us at Social Kimly on the uh, on the uh, Twitters. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing okay. I don't have any pizza, though. I kind of wish I was in the studio with you guys. <laughs> well, that's, yeah. that's the carrot, or that's the pepperoni that we hold up uh to get you in studio next time right all right fair enough <laughs> awesome well this is the awesome cast like i said you can check us out at awesomecast.net you can subscribe to us on the itunes the stitcher the 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 youtube the facebook uh video and audio versions all over the place linked from there and uh you can also uh, uh check us out and join us live here live.sorgatronmedia.com we kick on about 6 30 p.m eastern uh sometimes there's a little bit of, of of awesome cast off the record as we had a little bit this week well i'm sorry you missed it uh but uh you can check us out and become part of the chat room just like uh wheels and kraus are in there and of course missy's upstairs doing the the the, the tweets and the and the uh, notes for us all night long and also uh please go check us out we are over on the river's edge uh river's edge pgh.com a great streaming radio uh with local artists local talk uh great stuff happening out of millville pa actually um thursdays 8 a.m we replay the episode after funny money so please go check that out all the great programming happening over there and big thanks to our patreon supporters at uh patreon.com slash awesome cast if you're digging the show if you're uh finding some value in it want to help us grow the show uh please please consider contributing there but it's okay if you don't please just share the show for so more people can uh, uh, uh find out about it and become part of the community and and, and help that grow uh big thanks to our, our supporters our eps our executive producers this will see business development as well as uh, uh the michael fedor show uh, both of them um, um joined us on the show uh, uh in the in the past months uh so uh got a seat at the table here at the awesome cast uh, uh also follow uh, michael fedor show at mike fedor show on the twitter and find out what he's uh up to so let's get into our awesome things of the week and I want to not talk about Apple at the top of the show. Is that is that is that scary? Sounds like we, Kim's talking. So Kim, <laughs> Kim's up. I'm not an Apple person, and I hope that doesn't make you feel. We all me. we all can't be perfect. I understand. There you okay, go. Okay, I'll, I have something to strive for. I guess. There you um, go. No, but okay. So the announcement today. I mean, it's like the new size phone. Do they have to do an event every time they have a new phone? Unfortunately, like at yes. This point, they have the phone thing down. I don't know. <laughs> but but Kim, what is your awesome thing of the week? 
My awesome thing of the week is um, the Startup Weekend Pittsburgh Women's Edition. Um, it was a startup weekend for anyone who doesn't know. It's like a 54-hour hackathon, basically, where you start with one um, group of people. Some know each other, some don't. Some have ideas for startups, some don't. Um, and they get together and they hash out ideas over a weekend and then they present them to a panel of experts uh, on Sunday night. And this one was um, specifically for women, aimed at not just women-owned businesses or businesses for women, but to encourage more women to participate because they had seen with past events that they weren't getting a lot of participation from women coming forth with ideas or being part of the team. It's not that they weren't having any, but they, they weren't having the degree that they were hoping for. So this one, I mean, the, the ideas that came out of it, I was really um, impressed with, you know, so the level of, of thoughtfulness that went into the ideas and the one that won, you know, the owner or the owner, the founder, I guess she'd be called. She said to me, she didn't think that her idea would have been as successful if there had been equal numbers of men and women in the audience, because the women in the audience and the women who were part of it got it. They understood why it was a good idea, like what the concept was. And they all, it really resonated with them. It might not have if it was a more, you know, male focused or male dominated audience. So it was sort of an interesting, you know, thing all around, I think. And of course, I was a part of it. I was actually the one behind the live streamer, uh, switching all night long, both the uh, Friday and, and Sunday sessions. Uh, part of part of, of course, work hard. Uh, they had their streaming rig on hand uh, for this as well. Um, but uh, it, and, and and having attended in some aspect the last, I think, two startup weekends that happened, which was a civic and then the general startup weekend. Yeah. I, I went to the last one that was over in Allentown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was really surprised at the number of what I thought, in my opinion, could be viable businesses out of the, uh, I guess, officially 12 that, that, that presented. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, very much so. I mean, I mean, you've seen this, you know, you cover and cover, you know, we've talked about on the awesome chat, how your beat is really kind of looking at these startups and technology as well yeah. as what we do here. And, and, and you know, the deal when we're like, we're going to do an app that does this and this and this, and right. you just kind of roll your eyes and be like, is right. this really something somebody's going to use? Is right. It, this is, is the Uber for whatever, you know, everyone's going right. to Uber for something, right? <laughs> exactly. And I think it's not Uber, maybe just, you know, and it was yeah. less so like, even when there was an app involved, like what they were doing over the shadowed the fact that it was an app, which I thought yeah. was done really, really, really well. Yeah, I did not envy the judges. I mean, it was a really hard call, I think, to to pick a winner because all the ideas were really solid. And even if they weren't fully fleshed out, they they had a basis in, you know, kind of that that pain point that that inspires a lot of startups, you know, that they have a problem that, you know, there's a way to solve this, but they don't quite have maybe the technical expertise or the connections or whatever. And it was sort of a nice example of how startup weekends can help those ideas come to fruition. You know, that if, if it's an idea, you're not sure, you don't know if it's viable, if it's going to get, it has any, you know, any ability to be funded. You know, it can be really intimidating to kind of jump into that scene if you're not already in it. You know, the tech the scene can be intimidating to try to break into, I think, especially startups. And a lot of people think that they don't have a, a technical background and a developer that they can't participate or that they'll be, you know, they want to be qualified or whatever. But it's a really nice, welcoming atmosphere. I mean, they work hard. It's not party time, but it's definitely a nice way to sort of ease people into that and not feel intimidated, not feel like they're, you know, kind of the, the kid in the room who doesn't know anything. 
So I really love the the format, but I just thought this one was just so interesting. Like you said, the, the ideas for the businesses were so good, so like well thought out that you could tell a lot of them weren't, they weren't like, okay, I just saw this idea on Friday night. These were ideas that have been sort of kicking around for a while. It seemed like to me anyway. Yeah. And, and like I said, it very, very strong. So we, we mentioned kind of offhand, like the, the, the people that won. Uh, tell, tell us what you thought about, uh, well, one, who was it that won and, and what really kind of struck you with it? And I think it's a perfect example of something that would not have um, gotten so far if this wasn't a women's event. Yeah. Yeah. So it was called Go Jane Go. And it was an, it's a, it's going to be an app that will let women who are traveling for business, who are traveling solo, and find themselves with maybe some free time in their calendar, that they'll be able to connect with other women for networking or connect for events or for social. You know, it's, it's like a membership base. So you'll know who you're dealing with. You know, you'll know that it's someone that's been, you know, part of the community that's part of the, the organization that they're going to try to build. You know, because when you're traveling by yourself in a, in a city, that you don't know it's you don't want to necessarily venture out just go to a bar and hang out and have a drink you know because if you're by yourself you're a woman it's not always safe it's not always you know it's not fun but you don't want to sit in your hotel room the whole time if you've got you know a couple hours before whatever you're in you know your business has you in town for or if you have something canceled you know it's a shame to go to a big city and not have something to do or someone to connect with or you know what's a cool restaurant or what's a good you know place to go to get a manicure whatever so it's a really interesting idea. And like the um, the founder said to me, she said, I don't know because that this would have resonated with an audience of men because she explained it to her coworkers, she explained it to her husband, and they're all kind of like, I don't really get it. I don't I understand why this would be, you know, something that people would want. But it was, there were a lot of nodding heads in that audience when they were explaining the idea. So it seems, like an, inter- it seems like an interesting idea too from the aspect of, what happens if you last minute couldn't make the conference? You could also make, I feel like those conferences are a major way to meet people mm-hmm. and to foster a relationship and bounce ideas in, in, in the future off of others. Yeah. And there's, there's no good way to kind of create that relationship if you don't go to those conferences. Yeah. So even if, if you're, if you're a last minute cancellation for whatever emergency, I think it could be a good way to, to create and bridge the gap if, if you can't make the conference as well. Yeah. And the, the problem I sometimes have, especially with, with journalism conferences is there's different sessions lined up at different times. I sometimes want to go to one that, you know, is on a time that conflicts with another one. And so, you know, to me having a way to connect with people that may be at the, at a conference, even if they're not at the same conference or in town at the same time in the same field, whatever, so that, you know, maybe we could double up and find out, you know, what was good about this session that you went to versus the one that was at the same time. Cause that's what ends up happening. Things get scheduled at the same time. But I think with this app, it's not just, we're all going to this concert together. It was, you know, I'm going to be in town. I don't know anyone in Chicago, for instance, you know, so where's a good place for me to go get a drink or who's someone I could meet up with that I could you know, have a meal with, or what are people, you know, what are the connections I can make, you know, as part of my job, but not necessarily the specific thing I'm in town for. Certainly. So, yeah, I thought it was really cool because you don't want to walk into a bar by yourself in a strange city. I mean, that's just, you know, as, as soon as you say that, guys are like, oh, yeah, that doesn't, that sounds kind of intimidating. So and it's not necessarily a, a lack of sense of adventure. You know, it's, it's you want to see the city that you don't know. You want to try and make the most of it while you're in town. But, you know, where do you start when you leave the hotel room? You know, you don't really know. Right. You know, and, 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 and the safety level is different. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. it certainly is different. There's other things that you have to watch out for that a guy doesn't. And, and, and this is will ideally this would kind of lean into that idea. So, yeah, certainly. 
Um, and there were like, there were a couple. Oh, go ahead. I was just it was interesting to me that how many of the ideas focused around connection, like making other connections, whether it was uh, I think it was called We Do that wanted to try and connect people with you know ways to do your wedding a little less uh, expensively, and you know Wander Trust, which was you know going to another city and meeting people. Um, you know, who are other, who are, you're a traveler and you want to experience other cities through sort of the eyes of a local, which is interesting how, how connections seem to be this really common thread through a lot of the ideas that were coming up. There was one that was a, a connecting, trying to connect you to match to the perfect dog instead of going into yeah. a shelter and walking yeah. out with the dog that licked your hand, you know, and, right. and hoping right. it works when you out. Get home, you don't, then you're not a good fit. Yeah. Right. Right. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and I thought it was interesting because one of the questions of that was, well, how, what are you going to do for breeders? And they're like, well, breeders don't need our help. Yeah. We're helping shelters. Right. So, right. And, and, and I thought it was a pretty good idea. Sadly, yeah. it, didn't, it didn't place anything. Well, I hope it's an idea that, that kind of continues. And, and a lot of these can, a lot of these are viable enough. They can. Yeah. Out of state, there a lot of groundwork has been done uh, to start a lot of these up. So yeah, for sure. I was impressed by, and I don't know if you caught a lot of this, especially in that period while the judges were out. There was, um, yeah, usually they just kind of break and everybody mills around for a little bit and everything. Yeah. Uh, from from my experience, but there was like it was like a a rally. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it seemed like the groups were really supportive of each other. It wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, it was competitive, sure, but it wasn't like. I don't know, so cutthroat or so. You, you definitely felt like everyone's rooting for everybody else. I don't know. It was a sort of a nice, a nice vibe. I think came off the whole thing. Certainly, certainly. Um, but it was a, it, it was a really good weekend. Uh, was there anybody else from the uh, at least the top list or anybody that maybe didn't uh, make it through the final that kind of stuck out for you? Um, the one I think it was called Little School. That was a really interesting concept. You know, to sort of make um, um, learning and make school more creatively oriented for kids. I thought that was kind of a nice idea. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones because there were so many good ones. There were so many, you know, interesting. The one, the one that I sort of chuckled at was Jelly Selly about how to find a way to sell jelly beans. Because like, who, who would think of that? But it was sort of a, a like a little quirky idea that, you know, she was obviously having a lot of fun with. So it's and that's half. The, I love seeing the presentations in those things. It's half the time, you know, they always say you, know, you bet on the jockey, not the horse. When you're when you're looking at. Um, when you're looking at, uh, at startups and how you're going to fund them, like that's sort of what VCs say, I guess. But, mm-hmm. but you know, I love seeing the presentations and seeing the enthusiasm behind them. And you can tell when someone's been really with an idea for a long time and they really believe in it, you know, because they really, they get up there and they, they convince you with how bad the problem is and how much it has to get solved. So I love, I love just seeing the, you know, kind of that spark of, of interest and, and when you're really passionate about an idea, just that's come, that comes across. It's awesome. I, I've been yeah. really fortunate with with doing doing these live streams. There, they tend to be events like this that are actually yeah. like are actually interesting, <laughs> you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, especially in the tech side, the startup side, and I was I I, I couldn't believe how uh, uh, how informative a lot of these were, how interesting a lot of these presentations were, and and um, and I don't know if you got to see the the initial night, um, how entertaining the the icebreaker was when they're coming up with their fake business the icebreaker. i wish i would have gone to it no i i've always heard that the icebreaker is really fun because you know, you've always got someone who's that's their first time there and they're maybe feeling like oh, what am i doing here mm. but it's such a welcoming atmosphere it's a welcoming group and you know it's just all the support staff like you and and josh lucas and mike wojcik and everyone who's kind of always around for these things it's always nice to have sort of that core group of people who are you always you can always count on them being there for this kind of stuff. I think that that makes a big difference. It's a very 
very under-celebrated segment of our of our tech community, I think. So Certainly. I'm glad when these kind of events highlight how great everything is. Certainly. In, in, in a world where the, the conversation often comes up about diversity and, um, and, and, and women being represented in, in, in STEM in the tech sector, yeah. um, to have, I think, the numbers I saw, there were 80 women and five men that signed up for this event. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was definitely predominantly women. I mean, I, I didn't really do a count, but that is, uh, I mean, that's impressive that you would get that kind of interest. And I think mm-hmm. you know, I was talking to um, Jackie after one of the organizers afterwards, and she said, yeah, they, they do want to try and do another one. So they're looking for people to volunteer good, and, good. and come up with some ideas. I hope that they do. I think it was a really good, you know, obviously they tested the idea and it was met with a lot of good response. So hopefully that, uh, I hope they do another one. Uh, one other thing from the first night, there were um, actually, uh, I think there was an eight-year-old that presented. I, I don't, I think it was another one, but I know Mike Wojciech, you, you mentioned before, was there with his uh, with his daughter. And they, they, they talked about how they were impressed because she knows what Shark Tank is. Right. Like she's completely already looking oh, at that adorable. world. So <laughs> that's adorable. I kind of feel like that's suiting for Mike, suitable for Mike Wojcik's Kindle, like kind of in that startup space. <laughs> uh, we were trying to debate on whether she would have her own company by 15 or 12. Uh, between oh, Missy and uh, I, so. Easily by at least, you know, 15. She'll be the CEO of at least two. Companies. She <laughs> she'll have sold her one. first company. Exactly. And then she'll to like her second or third. Well, she'll be like a two. Well, I'll be working for her. Um, oh, anyways, all right. Well, you want if you want to check out uh, how the weekend went, if you go over to uh, Work Hard Pittsburgh's YouTube page, it's uh, youtube.com slash workhardpgh. Uh, both of the uh, nights, uh, you probably just want to uh, dip dip into the final pitches. But actually, if you look over on our social media, on uh, especially the Awesome Cast Facebook group, I have a direct link to the point from Friday night's presentation where the the fake companies are pitched, and all I can tell you is hashtag poop classy. Yeah, yeah. So well, people can explore that one on their own. I'll you can explore there. that on your own. I'll just leave that there. Uh, so I know some of you guys will automatically be interested in that. They drew, they drew the emoticon with a hat. It's it's amazing. Um, all right, well, let's get into some other awesome things of the week. Um, I'm going to talk about Apple, but not in the way that you think. Um. So I had an experience, and I, and I talked a little bit of it off the record. But basically, I got my I got my success back, and I had an amazing, absolute OMG experience with the Apple Store. And I have to say, um, going in there with the problem that I had and getting the result I did is the reason why you'll never see me with a Samsung Galaxy probably on this show, at least mm-hmm. as as my day runner, like like legitimately, you know, um, because I I consistently i'm amazed by my experience in there um so that's kind of my side one i don't want to get too deep into that but because of that and i had a little bit extra change in my pocket because it didn't cost as much as i thought to fix this thing um i decided apple deserved more of my money um and uh and we went over i actually went to best buy uh initially to get a adapter like an hdmi adapter for 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 the phone because I, I had something that I've been wanting to watch and I'd love to watch on the TV and I, I was like okay we'll, we'll get the cord the dongle or whatever right and it was like fifty five bucks I'm like well wait a minute the Apple TV is like seventy for the cheap one so I started looking at that and then the guy tells me yeah it's actually marked down and it's like one hundred twenty five bucks for the Apple TV for the good Apple TV so while I'm picking up my life proof case I found myself with an Apple TV the other night. Um, so, uh, 
and it is Are you not confessing like you've done something that you're I feel like I've done something wrong I feel like I got away with something (laughs) yesterday partially because of the phone partially because I I went and splurged on an Apple TV but it is Apple TV, you should have an Apple TV. You deserve it, one. Yeah, you know what? It is my birthday week. I'm allowed to. Uh, All right. <laughs> so, so, uh, no, so I, I, I picked it up and I forget, Chilla, did you get the new one? You have, you, you have two of them? Two of course of them. you do. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> the guy that was considering a second <laughs> Xbox One for DVR capabilities last Well, and week, they're on week. sale this, they're on sale through the, uh, that's one of my things later on. So, Everybody should get an Xbox One because they're on sale right well, now. Well, let's start with the with the let's start with the Apple TVs. Well, I have my Apple TV. I have my one Apple TV, and then I went up to the office and and watched some more uh, YouTube on my first generation Roku. In, in contrast, by the way, so I so guess, how that? What was your thought on the Roku or the Apple TV? Well, like, what was your compare and contrast? <laughs> no, that's just I happen to have to work in the office today after saying that up last night because mm-hmm. I, I haven't. I still have an old TV in the in the office. And I had to do a lot of DVD stuff today, and that's still in the home office. Unfortunately, I can't go to work hard with that stuff yet. So you got you got all kinds of updates too with your new Apple TV. So you didn't have to go through some of the stuff. Well, no, because I had to wait for the updates, and I had to wait for this update too on the phone too. So it was, it was a little bit of a headache because I couldn't because it was the 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 phone was t- was updated too old to to bring up my backup, but then it took forever to get the new update because everybody was getting it. Mm. So, but but even the Apple TV, I messed around before the update actually. Um. But uh, I was amazed by, and of course, this is where I'm at with stuff. I was able to go in and games that I bought, they, they, I didn't realize that they did have the cross universal mm-hmm. with Apple TV. So games in there like Airborne, like um, Badland, like Pac-Man 256, like Crossy Roads were already there, mm-hmm. ready to download, cloud synced, Alto's Adventure, this great, uh, uh, this very beautiful and soothing uh snowboarding game was completely already there and booted up and looks gorgeous on my big screen and and i was playing airborne and i can't really tell you the difference between airborne and a 360 xbox 360 game at this point Mm -hmm. amazing great experience super quick siri i'm not entirely sold on it yet but it's better than my experience with the fire tv but i also don't have the remote for the fire TV to do the audio. Okay. So, um, I, I thought, I thought it was great. I, it's, it's probably going to replace my fire TV just because it's quicker, like right off the bat. And you'll get your aerial screensavers. And I got my aerial, aerial screensavers instead of the kind of hack ones that I have on every other Mac that I have. <laughs> I have the legit one now. Um, so it's kind of old news, but, but Missy, I, I walked in the room. Okay. I'm going to embarrass her. I walked in the room earlier and I'm like, looking. I'm like, did you pause Fuller House, or are we looking at a screensaver of San Francisco? That's really why you got the TV, right? So you could watch Fuller House in all its glory. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, oh, but- yeah, I have this whole backstory about how I was just, oh, it happened to Stone Lacrosse. It was on sale. I think you went in there planning, hey, we got to watch Fuller House, and we're going to get the TV to do it right. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's, <laughs> that's it. Man. No, I'm not getting to Fuller House. <laughs> if you watched Full House in back of the day and you didn't almost cry at the end of Fuller House uh, episode one, I haven't even gone to episode two yet. So, anyways, all right, all right, but, uh, but no, it was it, I, it, it's a great experience. It's it's um the gaming makes sense. The controller like does everything that a phone does. When I pulled up Airborne and which is a racing a car racing game, it's like a Need for Speed game, 
And um, I was like, oh, you just turn a remote sideways and 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 you do just like you did on the phone and you, and you have the you have the gyroscope in there. I'm like, like, I don't know why that surprised me at mm-hmm. this point. Um, I'm going to lose the damn remote. First of all, <laughs> as you do. And every... that, that top piece is some kind of glass just to warn you. Oh, that's good to know. Because it will shatter. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. There, I've seen pictures. I haven't done it myself. Is there Apple Care for Apple TV? Oh, I'm sure there is. All right. For, for a mere some amount of money. For the mere probably what you paid for the Apple TV. Mm. Um, but uh, no, I, I'm and and I can see my I, all the iTunes stuff, you know, that I bought. All your podcasts. All, I, all I, like my, the, I even think about my podcast. Now your podcasts are available. Oh. See, this is why you need more than one. <laughs> <laughs> Because then you can also you can also AirPlay from your Mac or your phone. I only have one HD TV. I can't even hook an Apple TV up to anything else. That's why I don't have like Chromecast everywhere. You see the size of this thing over here? This is like an ancient. Yeah, is there still an this audio is... jack on the back of it? I don't remember. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it's HDMI only. Okay, it's like an HDMI and like a, a USB C for maintenance. They said mm-hmm. it's no, no. I don't think so. And Sonic, I think, came out this week. Sonic 2? That's what disappoints me. Sonic 2 is the only one available for it. I have, like, other Sonics for the rest mm-hmm. of my... Uh, like, I like, think that's the first... So this is the start, right? So this I, is the start of it. I think this is the start of so it. So eventually I want... You're, you're not out of the water yet. Like, you're you're probably going to get what you want. I mean, it's just getting started. I mean, it's only, yeah. it hasn't been out... Well, this is out since, what, November or mm-hmm. something? So, I mean, uh, the ecosystem is just kind of spinning up, and I'll... I'll Pop into purchased and find more games that I already own. I'm sure, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, at least, like you know, where's my where's my how is Angry Birds not on this thing? The racing is the racing is. So the I think that is. I think there was some early on stipulations in the functionality of the controlling a game with the gyroscope and the buttons. Okay, and I think a lot of developers kind of protested on the concept of so so if you're from you're familiar with the controller but for people in the audience that, that have the control that have not seen the controller there's a directional pad that you use for swiping mm-hmm. you can tap on that to select and then what there's two other buttons uh yeah there's, there's the volume which by the way the volume automatically worked with my tv right which was like is a vizio tv there's the volume but that doesn't i don't think you can use the volume buttons for gameplay i don't think so either um and it, then there's there's some other button or maybe it's just maybe it's just the directional pad and the tap is the addition the the concept of select mm-hmm. so no one is allowed to make a game that requires an mfi controller so mfi is the made for ios controllers mm-hmm. and i've reviewed we've reviewed them on the show yeah um you are not permitted to make a game that requires the additional controller. So your game has to be designed to work with that. And you are limited to the to specific buttons. You don't have access to all the buttons. So they still want the volume to work, right, when you're playing a game. So you can't use the volume controls for your game controls. So you basically have touch controls and a button, right? It sounds like. So a lot of the game developers were like, well, you're, you're, you're kind of backing me into a corner. Right. So you're, you're not going to get Street Fighter on this thing. Right. So and I think but I think you're going to see that probably start to mature and grow over time mm-hmm. and Apple will start to to open up to that concept. But for now and I think that's why you're they're waiting to bridge a lot of this stuff. Because let's face it, 
tapping to the left and right side of a screen is a lot different than tapping on the left and right side of that directional area on the controller. And, and I think it's just something that either Apple's going to have to warm up to the idea of requiring an additional piece of equipment that they don't sell, or they're going to be stuck with very limited game types. I mean, Amazon does this because if you go through the fire TV, you pick through and you download a game and, and some of them say requires a controller. Yeah. It requires a controller and they sell their own controller and they say, well, this is, this is the way that makes sense. But they're also spending up their own game design studio to supply stuff to it. So there's a little bit of that. Um, So, um, that's the next step is is actually get my hands on some controllers. I and I don't believe I can. I think we talked about this before. I can't get a controller that will work with both. both right? What uh, the Apple TV and the Fire TV? No, no, because it's it's Amazon or iOS basically only, and you go from there. Your your Apple TV controller will work with your phone, your tablet, and your Mac. You <laughs> need a remote for your iPhone. But it won't work with your Android devices. So Android devices are coded for Android. Yeah. And iOS are coded for iOS. Yeah. Yeah. I have yet to... And that's where I think someone needs to create that with a flip switch at the top that just lets it switch how it connects and works. I feel like patents or or something or standards are involved here. But. I have a feeling it's you can't get the made for Apple yeah. sticker on your device if it works with Android. Yeah. That's my theory. Yeah. So, oh, um, yeah, but no, I, I think it's, uh, unfortunately, I, I hope this doesn't, like, I feel bad because I'm like, I don't think I'm going to go to the Fire TV as often anymore unless I want, because I don't think Amazon Video is on Apple TV yet. Not yet. And that's also, there, there, was, a, there was a bunch of speculation around, did Apple say no to the Amazon app or did Amazon not even ask? to be able to put it in there. And that's why Amazon dropped. That's why you can't buy the Apple TV on Amazon either. And now I'm becoming one of those people that has four different ways that I can watch Netflix on a TV. On the same TV. On the same TV. Because <laughs> we had the Chromecast, the Fire TV stick, uh, now the Apple TV, and an Xbox 360. But I'm not watching video on Xbox 360. <laughs> I hate having to spin it up for DVDs. Don't forget that Netflix, Apple has its own CDN for Netflix. So your delivery mechanism is So better. it's going to work better. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but I've noticed the Apple, like, like we have the Disney Everywhere thing. So like Big Hero 6 is on every device now, right? So it's in the Apple store, but I've been watching on my Amazon, right? Um, the loading is horrible for movies, I've noticed. Like it'll pop up and say, you'll be, you'll be ready to watch this movie in, in one minute. Oh, really? Yeah. On the Apple TV? On the Apple TV. I haven't experienced that. Like, I know the old ones would pre-cache things or download mm-hmm. them and stuff, but I don't know. All right. That's enough about the Apple TV. Let's talk about new stuff. Um, Achilla, your awesome thing of the week is, what, everything that was announced yesterday? Not everything. Um, because I, I, I'm i not a four-inch phone person anymore. Um, but sometimes bigger you've, is... You've moved on. But sometimes bigger isn't always better. I'm still I'm still not good with this. I, <laughs> I like I'm kind of like, man, I probably would the new one that they just announced yeah yeah because yeah. it's it's it, this i i feel like i i just i just feel like this is too much and i have big hands and it just it's i'm not okay with can, it can you imagine can you imagine a iphone 6s plus no 
Absolutely not. I mean, that that yeah. to me, that's too big. It doesn't fit in your pocket correctly. Yeah. That's like I have yeah. a, I have the Samsung Galaxy Note 5. Mm-hmm. And I mean, here, if, if you want to hold of it, of course, he has it. That. Of course, he has <laughs> it. He has like half a Best Buy in his bag over there. Here he goes. So, I mean, when you compare it, when you compare it oh, to the, I this. can't throw this across no, the no. room. No, just toss it over. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fine. So when you compare that. But you compare it. I mean, it's. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's, um, I can't. And that's even bigger. And that that's where the, so, so size bigger isn't always better in, in my mind. And that, no. that goes with my pick of the week, right? So the, you have the, the iPad Pro. Although with this life case, it's really close. <laughs> I gotta say. But now imagine a life case on the Galaxy. See, I like a bigger phone. Like I like, I don't want, I want to be able to do everything with one hand because I'm just kind of, I glance at it and do things with my thumb. But okay, so here's my old iPhone four, right? Mm-hmm. And here is my LG Note. What is it? LG V10? It is. So it's much. Oh jeez. Right. <laughs> Wait, I mean, did, this one's did, a brick. Did, but did, I like this one a lot better. I it's a, I like the bigger screen. And I like that I can adapt a little more than you can with, especially with some of the older iPhones. Um, I know it's kind of sacrilege to say that to you guys, but I do, I had a Samsung Galaxy that S5 that I really liked, but it was, it was just kind of getting to that point where Samsung's were getting a little bit too big for me. I do like the, the LG though. I didn't, I wasn't sure if I would, but I wanted something that was, you know, not too ginormous, but it, it is pretty big. I mean, it's pretty so, so where do you do, do you carry that device in your pocket or in, in a purse? Well, I always have to put a giant case on any phone I have anyway because I drop it probably six or seven times a day. So I feel like once you add the case, you carry around a brick anyway. Yeah, this will fit in a purse. It, you know, I think women maybe don't tend to carry their phones in their pockets as much as guys. We just throw it in our purse or in our bag. Because so I can't, I can't get people to buy into the concept of me carrying a purse. Yeah, I, I hear you. I would love yeah. it, though, because, I mean, I carry a 40-pound backpack around with me. Yeah, everywhere. European men's carry-all. <laughs> there you go. But, but, and I would totally I would totally go bigger if my pockets, if it fit in well, my see, pocket. Maybe this is a problem for, like, pants manufacturers, that <laughs> they need to adapt their pants. Like, Apple needs to introduce a line of clothing that will accommodate its larger devices in pockets. So they don't, but Damn. Dockers, Dockers had a pair of tech pants. Dockers? No, Dockers had a pair of tech pants and I'm talking like that seven really years cool. ago. And the <laughs> tech pants, they actually built a zippered pocket into the seam. That was like gate was, <laughs> was a large, large pocket. Here's your next startup weekend for women. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, start manufacturing. I think women are on that idea. <laughs> Just, 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 you know, possibility. But yeah, I don't, I, cause I just think, I'm thinking it's, it's a step away from like having your clip on thing for your Blackberry on your belt. Like that's not, it gets into that weird area of, you know, fashion versus looking really efficient. I don't know what the right attitude is, but like, I think that's the problem I think with some of these like smaller devices, even like the Apple Watch and stuff. That's why it's so, you know, marketed to be uh, nice looking and like a nice piece of jewelry as well as a really functional watch because that's really important to you. If you're going to wear it, it has to look good. So I think that would be your drawback for I feel like getting this, phones in their pockets and I, make I, it fashion. I, don't know. I feel like this barely fits in my breast pocket because it's sticking up and I got a camera pointing at somebody. You know, I it just feels... Yeah, that's, they get a little creeper vibe there, yeah. I'm the like, I, I, I feel like I, I'm introducing the same issue 
of when I was wearing Google Glass around town, but mm. nobody's going to say anything necessarily because they're they're used to this, right? It's not on my face yeah. at least, I guess. The Google Glass is right there, and you, there's no denying that. Yeah. Right, exactly. So, anyways, we haven't gotten like Shirley's awesome thing. So, so, just real quick though, back in 2002, when I put a link in the in right under the iPad, Dockers had the mobile pant, and we're talking. This is back in the days <laughs> of candy bar phones and whatnot. Talking about this old tech, so I actually bought these pants in mass because I knew when I found out they weren't going to continue to make them. Oh jeez! I oh, actually geez. bought like probably about six pairs of pants and I think four pairs of shorts because they did a short run of tech shorts as well. See right there. Yeah. So the pocket go up a little bit. So the pocket had <laughs> like three pockets inside the pocket, and each each fold in the pocket led to a larger pocket. Uh huh. So you could get like a larger, you could get the smartphone of today, like a five inch smartphone in those with no problem. The other one, if you start scrolling down a little bit, is that that's the one right there. So then there was a pocket also built into the seam of of the of the short or the pants and the shorts. So you could actually get another large device. You could fit a small notepad in. And there we're talking about a and they're talking about this article like to fit. PDAs in right. which PDAs were not yeah. small. <laughs> but actually, PDAs. Wait a minute, I got one right here. Yeah, and <laughs> we've just kind of gone back, right? I mean, these are the same size. Mm-hmm. It'll, a little thicker with little the heavier. With, with, well, this has a massive like backup battery, battery yeah. on it. This, this is the one you had. <laughs> yeah. I have a handspring around here too, and 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 like an original palm. Um, but. By the way, I never used any of these like when they were in style. I did, you know, at the time. But um, but yeah, that's where we're at with things. Uh, we're, we've just kind of come back around. Now, well, I mean, how long? Uh, what, what what are the what are the pants that? And I remember Annie Anako Anako had these pants. I want to say there's something tactical where you could like fit an iPad in your pocket. Hmm. Yeah, and they make a jacket. What is? I cannot think of it. Somebody out there, Krause has to have this. Um, I think it's the guy. It's the guy that was on Shark Tank talking mm-hmm. about this too, because he's the one that they, they do. They do the uh, the the jackets that like have have places to run the cords for your headphones and have like an un, unbelievable yeah. amount of uh, pockets. I'll, I'll get the name here, but I don't want to hold up. But Trilla, go ahead and get to your awesome. So, so, so it's the Scotty vest. Scotty vest. Thank you. Um, I'm gonna, I'm just going to keep derailing the conversation and into random. We have a lot of things listed to talk about today. Amazing. Um, so 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 and bringing it back around to bigger is not always better. Um, Apple announced the new iPad Pro, mm-hmm. 9.7 inch tablet to replace. It's actually not going to replace the Air Two. Um, it's going to be above the Air Two. The Air 2 took a $100 price hike while the Pro actually took a $100 to price increase. So it's sitting at the... So you're saying the 2 went down. The 2 went down from $499 to it's now $399. That's not bad for $399. Not bad, not bad. It's not bad. You got the fingerprint ID. I mean, you got... It's it's a great device, fast. Um, But then the Pro 9.7 went from the $499 starting point up to $599. Mm Mm-hmm. Now it skips, they skipped the 16 gig model. It goes to, it starts at 32, but then it's a $150 price jump to the next one. But you go from 32 gig to 128 gig. 
Well, then, and, well, and then also, didn't they also? By the way, I, oh, well, here's the iPad three. <laughs> um, we're talking this size. The nine nine point seven is right. is roughly your normal iPad size. The the introductory iPad size. So introductory, or or here's the introductory iPads itself uh, as well. So you know, and of course, all are much 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 thinner and lighter than these things. So it doesn't hurt as much when your hand falls asleep while you're trying to read that comic book in bed above your face. And you go, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've had that moment, right? Where you got Kindle, whatever it is, where you're just reading something and, and, and you got it. And then you just kind of like that half fall asleep thing. You just come blonk yourself in the head with an iPad. And that really hurt with it, the Gen 1. With the Gen 1, you know, <laughs> you're going to get a concussion with this thing. Sorry. Which the, the Pro is the same. The Pro's three inches bigger on the diagonal. So, but it's the same weight as the original. As the original. <laughs> you, yeah, you kill somebody with the Pro. So, <laughs> and I actually, I've seen, there's been some people coming in to work with the Pro. Of course. The, the 12 inch. Of course. And it's pretty impressive. And that's where I said, you know, I'm not going to go 12 inch till they bring the 9 inch out with the pencil. Mm-hmm. And so that's the big, so not only did they up the processor um, and bring in the four speakers and update the camera Please, please, please don't use your iPad as a major camera just because it has the same camera as your iPhone. You look ridiculous. And when when you're at the aviary and you're trying to take a picture of the new baby sloth and you're blocking every kid's view with your iPad, I want to hit you in the back of the head. Same yeah. thing when you're ring, uh, in the first row at an indie wrestling show and, uh, again, doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Blocking everyone's view. Yep. But that being said, I think the device is going to be a great device. It has the pencil. They've they're bringing the keyboard over, so they're bringing the dock connector over. They brought out some new dongles. Um, You can get a SD card and and USB device that also dual charges. Excuse me. They brought out a USB C charge cord for it. Um. I'm really, really looking forward to this device. I'm, I'm wondering, is it gonna, is it gonna have the demand that some of the prior ones have had? Um, I.e., tomorrow night, do I have to wait up till three a.m. to put in my order? Mm. Um, because the devices go on sale on the twenty fourth for delivery on the thirty first, or do I just want to go to the store on the thirty first? Um, so I'll let you know how that works out and what I decide. It's probably going to be dependent on. If I wake up on the 24th and there's still Please, uh, stock Periscope or Facebook live <laughs> from the store, since we can do that now. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely. But th- this device, I, like I said, I, I, I can't applaud enough the pencil. Mm-hmm. If, 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 if you ever questioned what a stylus or pencil, like device type pencil should be like, I would urge you, or you think yours is the best. Cause you have something else. I would urge you to go to the Apple store and try out the demo units for the pro. Um, I, I have a surface I have, I've had multiple styluses for the older iPads. I've had, I've had them for all kinds of, I have the galaxy note five. You've been looking for the solution. You've been looking this whole time for this solution. mm -hmm. This is, this is best in breed above a Wacom tablet. I mean, to me, this is, this is where it's at. And, and there's, and I'm not the only one that's saying this, right? You got you got Disney people saying it. You got you got multiple people in the industry saying it. Um, so I just I I can't rave enough about the pencil, and that's what's actually. I would have never bought this device if it didn't 
have pencil capability. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I will we'll touch base on some of the other uh, Apple stuff. Hopefully we have time here in the, in the later in the show. Uh, but we do need to give a thank you to a guy at arms, arms length there, uh, Chilla, if you want to pull that out. Uh, but Slice on Broadway are good friends here. Uh, of course, down here in Beachview, right along the tracks that will not be running a train after next week, unfortunately. So please, please get over here. Please find your way over here. They'll still deliver, right? They'll still deliver. Okay. They'll still deliver. I don't think there's any problems with that. So Chilla, you'll get your slice. You don't have to come over here, but please be a patron of Slice on Broadway. Um and, uh, and of course, down in Carnegie, PA, uh, down on the main street, you can check them out, Rico and the guys in their new location. Props to them for getting a new spot down at PNC Park, um, uh, the home of the Pittsburgh Pirates. So when you're out there on opening day, make sure you get your slice on Broadway. And uh, I think it's going to be a little better than your standard uh, ballpark fare pizza uh, with your hot dog. I mean, I think you're going to be doing all right there. I know some friends um, working over on the north side there are very happy to hear about them opening up. So uh, uh, so thanks to them. Slice on Broadway, sliceonbroadway.com. PJ's underscore Slice on the Twitter. Um, they're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. Hit them up. Let them know you heard about them on the Box is Loud. Uh, let them know you heard about them on the Awesome Cast. And, uh, and thank them for helping us out and feeding our wonderful co-hosts and guests here on podcast day. And, and Kim, when she comes in here eventually, right? So yeah. I actually, I'll tell you what I have in my fridge right now, some leftover sliced pizza from when we ordered over the weekend. So oh, how's that yeah. For oh yeah. I'll have some in my, yeah. Cause I delivered it at my house. Nice. Well, the, is the store, there's the shop over on the North shore. Is that going to deliver to the city? I don't know. I don't know what the delivery capabilities because well, I, I don't or know. Will deliver the place that was, was in there was, was a delivery cars. I feel like that's a pre, it's a premium over there, especially on game days. I yeah. wonder about that. I'm just thinking I would order from there like every other day. Mm, sure. I would hope so. I would hope they would. I, I don't. It, it would. I can't. I, I won't really always be able to, to walk over there, but I'll be able to. If they, mm-hmm. even if wheel deliver would swing by there. Or, Uber delivery. Well, the the pizza shop that they're replacing was run by Aramark. Okay, so I'm thinking like they wouldn't have delivered. So, mm-hmm. but since it is these guys that have a establishment of, of of doing that, I'm wondering what the what the case may be there. So, it may be yeah. tricky, but you never know. You never know. All right. Uh, so I wanted to touch on a well, this is probably less than an awesome thing, but while we got him Kim here, um, probably be a good story to bring up. But Chilla, so. So Microsoft Microsoft screwed up again. Let's just face they 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 dropped the ball, let it roll down the street, and it fell into a river. And this is a less than awesome thing, but it's worth it's worth discussion because this is an ongoing issue, and 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 really kind of lends to uh, kind of unfortunately uh, you know, what we're talking about before with with the uh, Startup Weekend Women's Edition. Um, so what would Microsoft do? So Microsoft is part of their, there's a game developers conference in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Microsoft sponsored a party. Obviously, not everyone was in check with what the party was. Well, and, and had and I don't know if you're getting into it, but they were also Microsoft was part of a GamerGate and women yes. in the industry um, panel discussion earlier in the day, mm-hmm. and then and then they threw this party, and part of the party was pretty much scantily clad women in bras and skirts all it's matching like schoolgirl outfits. Schoolgirl go-go dancing uh, in the room. 
Now, one thing I will say, yes, they did. They definitely dropped the ball. There were people, people immediately took to Twitter and started shaming them. Um, there was video, people walked out. A lot of the female devs said this is, this was a major step back. Um, and, and there was, it was, it was definitely not something that, that anyone took well to, um, male and female alike. And the interesting thing was how quickly and how quickly Microsoft reacted. Um, there was a midi, an immediate emit to fault. Um, the following day, Phil Spencer addressed Microsoft. He immediately addressed the public saying that, that they need to, to reflect a culture of what the Xbox team is trying to promote internally and externally. Um, it has come to my attention that at the Xbox hosted events at GDC this past week, we represented Xbox and Microsoft in a way that was absolutely not consistent or aligned with our values. Um, that was unequivocally wrong and will not be tolerated. So I give them a lot of credit for immediately stepping up, admitting wrong and, and doing what they can to try to, to remedy the situation. I don't think it's, it's an excuse. Um, I also think it should leave them, with a black eye for a while, but I think this will definitely bring focus to, to things that need addressed in the gaming industry. Mm -hmm. Um, so while it may have been a step back, I think how they handled it as well and how it can be handled in the future. This will definitely be a lesson learned. Yeah. I would like to see it as a, as a lesson. I'm not sure. Um, because you keep hearing about this kind of sort of tone deaf thing happening and even things sort of less, uh, explicit than this, you know, Microsoft CEO came under fire not too long ago for, you know, making what a lot of people viewed as sort of insensitive comments about women struggling in the workplace and in the tech field. I can't remember the exact comments, but, you know, he, he it, it, a lot of women saw it as, as they, he was sort of dismissing their, um, their concerns. Um, and I think I'd like to think they would take this as a, as a, as a lesson but, you know, it's it's a funny thing that there's, a, there's sort of a, a, I guess it's a meme. I know there's a Tumblr blog that looks at, you know, all male panels, you know, it, uh, the discussions about issues about women and women in tech and, you know, what have you. But the panels will be all made up of men discussing these issues that concern women. So this is not something that's all that shocking, unfortunately, in the grand scheme. But it seems like it keeps happening. Like, what's the point where they say, you know what, before we have this party, Let's think about maybe strippers are not a great idea when we're going to try and talk about you know, inclusion and making women feel less intimidated. But the, the, that conversation needs to happen before the party starts or have a woman help plan the party. And maybe she might say to you, hey, you know what? Maybe you don't want to have strippers. Maybe that's not the look you're going for. You know, I would like to think that, that they learn from these kinds of things. And I think in the short term, maybe. But, you know, I'm, I'm a little skeptical, I'm a little pessimistic about progress in that area i don't know what the answer is i don't know you know how to like fix it for sure but it seems like it's you get sort of weary about it after a while you know you keep hearing about these kinds of things happening over and over and i think it speaks to a lack of diversity in your um, upper management uh who approved this party that was going to allow them to have you know scantily clad women Did, was there any woman involved in the decision making process maybe that's where you need to be really focusing your efforts not so much you know, playing cleanup after you after you make a mistake like this. Mm-hmm. Well, and and hopefully, not that the not. I hope we don't become desensitized to this issue. And that's the yeah. one thing. The, the one thing that this shows is that people are willing to step up, have their voice heard, and then 
the 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 responsible parties are being held accountable, which I think is important. Yeah, and that's definitely changed a lot. That the accountability is a lot different now, mm-hmm. especially when, you know people can take a video right away and put it on on the on Twitter, on the internet, whatever. You know that accountability that social media kind of gives you, if for good or for bad, it definitely holds holds larger companies like that accountable for these kind of these kind of missteps. Uh, hopefully, it will bring it will bring more attention and and eyes to things before they occur. To your point, which is is what I hope we all learn and take away from this this exercise. Yeah. Now, if only we can pick, uh, fix sexism in professional wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> That's for later. Um, <laughs> I'll take your word for it. What's that? I said, I'll take your word for it. I'm not certainly not an area of expertise for me. <laughs> Um, all right. I want to get to some more news items, but first I, I, I'd want to give a shout out to uh, since we're getting late into the show, uh, to some more friends. There's a great, um, uh, cancer benefit, uh, comedy show happening in the uh, waterfront here in Pittsburgh. Uh, so I'll, I'll let, I'll let these, the experts tell you what's going on with that. We'll be right back. Hey guys, it's Matt Light, Pittsburgh Magazine's 2014 and 2015 winner, best comedian, and cancer survivor. Come check me out Friday, April 8th for a night of stories, laughter, barjitsu beer pong, and prizes that will be sure to make this a night to remember. I'll be performing with some of the best comedians in the Steel City. Portions of the proceeds benefit the Testicular Cancer Awareness Foundation. Special thank you to our event partners, FN Vodka, Ultra Premium Vodka, Pittsburgh Improv, Pittsburgh's premier comedy club, Sorgatron Media, podcast, video production, and creative media, Pittsburgh Podcast Network, for Pittsburgh by Pittsburgh, River's Edge Radio Network, Pittsburgh's voice for local music. Comedians for Cancer, Friday, April 8th at Dave & Buster's in the Waterfront, the only place to eat, drink, play, watch sports, and laugh all under one roof. Get those tickets, folks. Go to barjitsu.com or showclicks.com and search Comedians for Cancer. We're back. Go check out that great, great event uh, coming up here down in the waterfront and uh, for a great, great cause. Uh, Chilla. So did you get to check out the Apple announcement? Yeah, well, most of it, partially audio, partially here and there. There was a lot of stuff going on around it. Unfortunately, so, I tried, uh, but uh, but but I, I, it was it was interesting. So so I looked like a complete probably idiot because I was between meetings and walking across the city. So I was that person watching a live video feed on my phone with headphones in while I walked probably six blocks across town. <laughs> Waiting at stoplights, being like... <laughs> at the same time, I'm listening to the Twit broadcast, trying to get to a train so I can try to get home to watch the rest of the video. And then something else came up, and I didn't even go to watch the rest of the video. So I saw, like, the iPhone-y towards iPad-y part, but barely paid attention. Um, but uh, but, there, but but still, we talked about the iPad, of course. But, but so, so the coolest the coolest part, I thought, was the, for the very beginning, the kickoff. Mm-hmm. They started with a video, and it was... 40 years in 40 seconds. So it's going to be Apple's 40th birthday coming up. Ooh. Yeah. So they did, they did a, like the video was really cool. If you go back and watch 40, any 40 second clip, I recommend you go back to the beginning and just watch that. And I actually hope they turn it into a commercial. 40 and 40. I'm actually pulling it up right now. Um, so yeah, I'll definitely take a look at that uh, kind of on the side here um but, but they announced some stuff along with that <laughs> did they they weren't just here this there's a show of cool videos and they're 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 a new robot buddy and everything like that um so here's the 40 and 40 if you guys are a video is popping up um but uh i think we'll, we'll get into that but the, the, liam the robot like i again hearing about it 
unfortunately it was all i could do at the time but it's this robot that basically disassembles johnny five disassembles um your your uh your iphone so everything is is taken apart they're even taking parts of you know the, the 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 materials in it and separating that out so they can recycle and reuse and and everything like that right mm-hmm. um and there's a very interesting statement in there that why we make the iphones to last as long as we do to be fair the iphone one i have still boots up i can't connect it to anything really but it still boots up um so i think that's a that's a pretty good statement towards that well and and they did spend a lot of time at the beginning on i would say the first 15 minutes of the hour keynote was spent on on the fbi and and encryption and privacy well i don't think they spent 15 minutes on it i thought it was maybe like a five minute statement so i was gonna say so between between that comment and the the echo comments okay that was the first and health kit and no and health kit was the first 15 i i thought that came out like minute 15 and then into 20 but maybe but but it, well i just i just thought it was interesting that well there's the eco stuff so hey look at all the good stuff we're doing for you here's a shot of the robot if you guys are on video that takes it apart um this is my first kind of seeing seeing it. it's taking chips off and, and putting them aside and everything um but uh it seemed like there was a hey um this is why we think the government shouldn't do x and now that we're done with that Okay, here's the good stuff we're doing about the environment. Here's the good stuff that we're doing. And by the way, this health stuff is a really good reason why maybe you should be encrypted and protected from somebody opening up your phone. Because we can't do this health stuff if you if anybody can get into your phone, mm-hmm. right? Um, so there was a lot of just built-in answers to that, which I think is really smart, mm-hmm. um, which helps our case. And I haven't, I have not heard any news from the case today. Um, just yet. I'm sure I will tomorrow when I get to my Mac podcast. I thought they canceled it. Did they cancel it? I thought the FBI backed out. It. Back. Yeah. The FBI postponed the hearing, right? Yeah. They, really? They, yeah. They, right. So the FBI claimed that they found a, they've, they've de- way. devised a way to break into the phone yeah. and that, that they would like to postpone the hearing because they may not need it, but they would like to keep it. And Apple said, if you're going to do this, then you need to divulge how you are going about this other way. Because uh-huh. I, because some of the fear is that there's they really don't have another way. They they may have gleamed information that there's nothing on the phone to begin with. So they're right. keeping this in their back pocket to keep the fear alive. Yeah. To help them with their next case when, mm-hmm. when they want this to go through. Wow. So and that was late. I think late last night or early this yeah, morning. Yeah, very this... late yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> so so the interesting thing was the ticketing system was outlined about how to get into the court today. Because <laughs> I, I didn't see that. The, like how many people have to get in can get into the court? How long it's going to take because of the security procedures? And I'm like, well, it didn't take me too long when I had to go into a courtroom. Um, and I'm like, well, this is in the middle of Pittsburgh, and it's not a federal case has to do with yeah. terrorism so there's that um yeah it, it was kind of interesting like there's a whole process only so many and 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 you know no no media streaming or anything from there so all right well that, that's moved on but anyways there were phones there were phones there were smaller phones there were smaller phones as we as we <laughs> talked about briefly earlier right yes so, so the the 5se mm-hmm. is the new device and i'll tell you what it for for a smaller phone, picking up a lot of the more current day guts, um, pretty darn impressive um, piece of equipment there. 
And if you're lucky enough to be on a carrier that still does contracts, this is your free phone. Yes, this is the free phone, and they also dropped the price for off contract to three ninety nine, which is the cheapest iPhone yet. Which is fairly comparable because I think um, lesser phones are like two ninety nine, mm-hmm. like on the Android side. So it, it isn't aren't aren't like generally like Android phones like around that two ninety nine three ninety nine spot out of contract. And that's where they're wondering: Are we gonna? Where when's Android gonna answer back? How how are the manufacturers going to come back to this? Because the device picks up the 64-bit A9 processor, the always-on Siri, the enhanced uh, co-processor, battery life, faster LTE, voice-over LTE, uh, Wi-Fi AC, Bluetooth 4.2. Same camera. Same camera, live photos, retina flash, um, 63-megapixel panoramas, 4K video, um, 1080p up to 60 frames per second, slow mo, new microphones, and Apple Pay. Not hackable by the FBI, apparently. Not by the FBI. <laughs> Maybe to be the TBD. Where's that bullet point on here? I'm looking for it. Actually, it might be on. It, actually, it might actually be on here because security is usually near the bottom. <laughs> but um, I'm trying to think. There was one thing that it, they were saying that it didn't pick up 3D touch. 3D touch. That mm-hmm. was it. I feel like the 3D touch needs to be the bigger screen. Like I feel, I feel like, like one cost, and I think it's just easier to do it on the bigger screen. It makes more sense on the bigger screen. Yeah, because the menus drop down, and you do right. Need that. You, you need more room for things to to work, right? Mm-hmm. So one, the one thing I will say is the three D touch on the keyboard. When you three D touch the keyboard, and you can move your cursor around. Oh, I keep forgetting about that. Thank you for reminding. That's me. where. That's where I think, if they could three D touch on the lower quarter of the. <laughs> You know what I discovered? Be, it would be worth it all. You know, I discovered. You know that uh, that Avengers Academy that uh, I've been addicted to lately mm-hmm. is 3D touch compatible. You 3D touch them, and you get extra shards out of it to buy stuff. Nice. <laughs> I feel like I hacked it. Um, so I know, and, and like Kim, you were saying earlier, yeah, it's kind of goofy that they had an Apple event around this, but it's their flagship stuff. You know? Well, yeah. Well, and. Like you said, they, they kind of made a case for their, um, you know, the whole privacy issue mm-hmm. as part of the conversation, as part of the discussion about the products. That to me was really, that was interesting that, that they, you know, they obviously, you know, it, it's not like this was something they just devised in order to say, hey, look at the FBI could get a hold of. It definitely was, you know, made their case without really getting too, too deep into the weeds about the specifics of it. Yeah, and I'm glad it wasn't like we spent a half an hour about why security matters in front of 100 people and, right. and the nation. So, I mean, no, it's not groundbreaking or anything like that, but it's kind of like, it's not really a, there's this conversation about it needs to be about groundbreaking with Apple, but it's like, yeah, they kind of perfected it by now. You know, mm-hmm. what more can you fit into these things? Well, and they don't, they don't attend World Mobile Congress. No. So that's a big, so while... A month ago, Samsung and LG and a bunch of people came out with all their new flagship and made their early or late winter, early spring announcements. This is their kind of answer back yeah. to that. But but also more significantly, we had we just had an iPhone off cycle announcement upgrade, mm-hmm. which is you know we're, again, we're, we're back to the spring. We're, we're back. Why? Well, I don't think we're going to get the iPhone seven next spring mm-hmm. or anything like that. But but like it's kind of doing this thing where we kind of do these half refreshes like with iPad and everything. So we're not on that, you know, 
that cycle anymore. You could come anytime. Maybe, maybe it, or maybe it'll be small devices in the spring, large Ooh. devices in the fall. So your iPad Pros and your main iPhone in the fall, uh, uh, probably Apple Watch update. Uh, Apple Watch dropped 50 bucks as well, mm-hmm. which makes it a little closer to thinking about now, to be quite honest. That's... You know, $50 more than the typical Android wear that I'm aware They might be around 200 now. But still, they're, they're, that's, it, it doesn't feel as hefty as an option out there. I actually got shamed for having a Pebble the other day. Why? I couldn't believe that. I couldn't believe Why that. were you shamed? There's no shame in that. Because the person had an Apple Watch. Oh, so, whatever. And and I was I was trying to find my iPhone on my laptop and, and, and everything because I misplaced it in my car, apparently. Um, you kind but, of brought it on yourself, really. What's that? You kind of brought it on yourself, really. This person making fun of you. I guess so. I guess so. Um, But anyways, um, Kim, you had a story about the NPR and podcasting. And like I said, I've heard about this uh, this week as well. And it's kind of interesting. It is kind of interesting. And, you know, it it speaks a lot more to kind of media business models and how they're evolving or maybe not evolving as as fast as they should. Uh, There's a story out from the Neiman lab, which is part of the Neiman uh, Journalism School at, at Harvard, uh, that, you know, talked about um, NPR's code of ethics. Has uh, Apparently, they've added a segment in this saying that we won't tell people to actively download podcasts or where to find them. Now, obviously, NPR, produ- NPR stations produce um, podcasts. They have a really nice app called NPR One where you can find all their podcasts, but now they're not going to promote on there so you can't say a host can't say you know go to itunes and download x podcast you can mention them sort of as this if you introduce a host this is the host of x podcast but it, it's it's sort of making a lot of people scratch their heads because it seems like they're you know sort of they've got all these not not every local station produces podcasts not every local station produces a lot of content um but local stations don't like the idea of drawing listeners away from from the local station of local content on the radio to sort of NPR produced podcasts. Um, it's, it's really a, a sort of similar situation to what's going on in newspapers, right? So that your newspaper print reader is a lot more valuable in terms of, you know, the amount they pay and what they, you know, what you can get for advertising for, for print versus what you can get for advertising on your newspaper's website, right? So it's a, it's sort of a similar comparison where they've got these great products. They've got these, NPR One is a really beautiful app. All the podcasts that NPR does are in there, and you know it's really easy to use. But they won't promote it on air, and wow. it's sort of there. How else are they going to get the word out about these podcasts if they don't use the biggest tool that they have, namely their their airwaves? So a lot of people kind of scratching their heads about, you know, yeah, we get it, but maybe rethink that as far as you know, making the future of your organization is going to be, you know, is it going to be more podcast oriented, and shouldn't it be? It seems very backwards. It does. I mean, and I get it on the one hand because you, you know, it, it speaks a lot to the structure of NPR where you've got the local stations really, um, they have a lot more pull. Like basically they're in charge of, of, of the organization from their sort of local, um, you know, from the EFA here in Pittsburgh and WDU, um, WBUR in Boston. Like they're all kind of, they, the, the NPR works for them, you know, in, in a way. So it, it speaks to the structure of NPR and how the um, the local stations have a lot of, of clout as far as making these kinds of, of decisions, these kinds of, you know, of, that they don't want to have 
listeners siphoned away, they think, to listen to podcasts. Because I guess the thinking is you're going to be, you know, moving someone away from radio to a podcast, where I don't know if that's true, because I think, you know, even newspaper readers will look at a, a story online. I don't know that you have an either or. That's why I think they're, they're, they've decided that it's, it's an either or. They don't want to sort of detract or take away from the local stations by promoting the podcast. But it does seem like you're promoting a really, there's a lot of really nice podcasts. NPR One, like I said, it's a beautiful app and just so intuitive and so clean and well-designed and they're, they're not going to promote it. So, you know, what, how do you get the word out about your podcasts? How do you promote them? Cause you know, obviously NPR is a non-commercial entity, so they're not going to do ads for, mm-hmm. for their podcast. It's really kind of a, I, I look at like, we need to get over the point in time concept. Like, I feel like the podcast is the way that if you were listening live on the radio and said, Hey, I heard this yesterday. I could easily go back and find it without having to find someone that put it, recorded it on the cassette tape. Yeah. Right. And, and that's where I think they're, they're, they're not thinking about the audience that didn't get to hear it live. And I, I would parallel it to, could you imagine if ABC said, you can't DVR our channel mm-hmm. and we're not going to play, we're not going to advertise our app. You know, there was a very there's a very interesting conversation on the Eaton Park at lunch today, and I overheard somebody behind us talking about how they um, they they DVR the nightly news, and fast forward the news and the idiots, and I'm just like, <laughs> wow, okay, like I was like, and like like part of me, the first thing in my head, and of course, you know, I'm, I'm different generationally, thinking, you know, they put it online, right? You know. <laughs> But 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 like that's the kind of thinking, right? And, and I think, and, and you could say, hey, there's been times where I've seen the newspaper on the newsstand and caught a glimpse of an article that I was interested, in and then went online and, and looked it up. Right now, they got your eyeballs to, the, yeah, like they advertised themselves, right? And then they drew me to their next. I yeah. I, I couldn't I couldn't afford mm-hmm. to wait in line to buy that newspaper. Mm-hmm. But I guarantee you, you got my eyes when when I got to my desk or right. was in yeah, the elevator. But you just hit on the, the the problem for newspapers is if you're not going to pay for the print product, you're going to go online unless you're going to pay to get past a paywall with most papers anymore. You know how do they how are they monetizing your eyeballs? You know because digital ads are nothing compared to print ads or what they once were anyway. Yeah. So I mean that you really hit on the problem that they they want to figure out a way to monetize you, but their model doesn't work anymore as well as it did anyway. I mean, you're not, you're not going to get the same revenue from digital ads that you get from print ads. So that's really that for, for newspapers, that's a problem for NPR. You know, their, their model is not, I mean, it's obviously pledge drive. It's obviously member supported, but you know, it's, it's, and I'm not sure why the, you know, the, you know, the, the promotion aspect of it is, is so problematic. I don't know that you're, you're, person who's listening to an NPR show is automatically the person who's listening to your podcast. I mean, I think in some cases, yeah, for certain shows, but you know, I think about serial, that really popular podcast about murder trial, um, you know, and the kid who may have been wrongly accused, um, you know, that got so much, it was like this huge, big thing in, in like news journalism, podcasting. Right. But where did it get most of its promotion from, from this American life, which it was a spinoff of the very popular PRI show. So, it, it got it got it benefited from that promotion. Would it have been as wildly popular as it was without that kind of lead in? I don't think so. I mean, it's a good show, but they would not have had nearly the exposure that they did because they were promoted on This American Life. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a head scratcher. It just seems like you're kind of mortgaging the future to take care of, you know, a, a model that's sort of fading or maybe not, we're not working as well as it did. Is this station a station, this issue, or is this kind of a, a wide uh, policy that's going on here? Well, this is that came from NPR Central, so that's for all of their, you know, centrally produced shows. I don't know if if local stations have the ability to say, you know, like if WESA, they do a lot of cool podcasts. If right. they're okay to say, hey, we are doing this podcast locally, if they, you know, if their local host can say, I'm not really sure how that trickles down. But for and, NPR Central, like you're not going to hear Robert Siegel or Nina Tomberg promoting any podcast right. on their air, on their shows, on the national shows. Talking with someone, someone at WSA, they're very, uh, a couple of interactions I've had with them, they're very open to the whole podcasting idea. They are. As, as, yeah, they're doing some cool things. Yeah, they, and, and hopefully some, some really cool stuff that will be popping up soon. Yeah. Um, and and I, you know I, I I'm hoping they're I would hope they're not part of the problems, but you never know. There's different levels of management and whatnot. Uh, but they seem to be fairly uh, progressive and forward thinking as far as no, we need to figure out this next step. It's not just going to yeah. be radio. They're but, definitely trying stuff. I mean, I think that's the problem with a lot of you know with newspapers and with with radio stations that it's that sort of fear of trying anything because mm-hmm. it's if it fails, well, you, you uh, can't know if it's going to fail unless you try. I think WESA is a really good example of a local station that's you know, they have smart people in charge. They have people who really care about you know, the product, they sort of know their, their audience. They're at least trying things. So, I mean, I think that, that right there is a step in the, definitely in the right direction. And the other question is, um, and again, not, not having dealt with this app. Um, now I know PBS, if you go to PBS online, if you go to the PBS app on whatever device it's, it's I know it's been on there, my, my iPhone, my iPad, my, my, uh, my fire TV, um, you're able to log in and say what your home channel is. And you right. get a mix of the PBS and the local content. Right. On there so that's as the well. same thing with the the uh, NPR One app that I, my local station is WESA. So it comes up with local, you know, you can set a different local station. You can listen to that or you can explore and look for the podcast within the app. Okay. The national podcast and everything. Okay, good. Yeah, right. it's a cool app. Check it out, NPR One. Well, if nothing else, uh, if, 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 you know, less than awesome news, but at least you can check out the awesome NPR app. They're doing some really cool stuff over there. So. Uh, from the chat, uh, let's say just like Juggalo John says, the old media clinging to the old format, like 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 grim death. <laughs> so yeah, you're gonna have that with anybody, anything. I mean, some people just can't see the writing on the walls uh, with with a lot of these about the old formats. So hey, you know. Um, all right. On that note, I think I don't know if we have any events. We went through all the tech events coming up. Of course, Startup Weekend just happened. Um, and I'm not sure what's on the agenda. Otherwise, we'll get some events up here. Uh, check the developers conferences next. Microsoft, Apple, Google will then now go into That's their right. dev cycle. Um, locally, oh, actually, I did see an email today. Refresh Pittsburgh. Go check them out at refreshpittsburgh.org. They're going to have a panel on I, I just skimmed the email it's actually next tuesday so then i tried to pop it out of my mind because i'm like well i'm busy doing something here um but they're doing a panel next week on if you want to be a freelancer um they're going to be doing that so go to refreshpittsburgh.org also information there about web design day um did you know there's like a developer conference coming to the david lawrence convention center called abstractions yeah i wrote about it yeah i learned about oh you wrote about it of course you know that. <laughs> Good. I wanted to f- find out more information about that. Um, yeah. But um, I know that we're talking about that and there was like a discount code and everything at, at, at the startup weekend. So uh, that's cool to see that kind of stuff coming here. Hey, can we get a, yeah. can we get it? That's a- really, Jason, Justin Reese, who's um, with Code and Supply, that's really kind of his baby. He's really somebody who's kind of really trying to up the ante as far as Pittsburgh's 
image and the developer community kind of at large. So yeah, he's really, you know, the sort of brains behind that whole thing. It's uh, abstractions.io if you want to find out more information about that. Um, it looks like it's a for real coding conference. Yeah, okay. some big names in there. Yeah, they, 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 again, I don't know if I know them on this level. Um, but they, they said that the, the, the speaker list on this is like the guy that made JavaScript, you know, <laughs> actually, yeah, yeah, JavaScript pioneer cloud platform. Actually, the chillest might be up your alley too. object with some Ruby stuff. Um, probably a lot of stuff over my head, Uber advanced technology being, uh, uh, uh represented here, Basecamp. Um, wow. Head first mobile yeah. web inventor of Pearl. <laughs> the inventor of Pearl. Yeah. Yeah, wrap your head around that one, guys. I, I, if you know where Pearl is, of course. Um, but um, that, that, that's, that's going to be a little bit of a, a higher end kind of thing. But awesome to see that that's happening uh, happening here uh, in Pittsburgh in the in the convention center. So uh, it's going to be a big deal. It's going to be a pretty mm-hmm. big deal. So if only we can get something like a podcast movement happening here or, or something with uh, uh, like they're having in Chicago. But uh, but this is a great great step in that direction. I love to see it. All right. Well, on that note, hey, uh, Kim Lyons, social Kimly, uh, Kim Lye, I guess, officially on, on Twitter. <laughs> Other way. That's how I remember it. That's how I remember it, unfortunately. Uh, what's going on with you? Anything you want to plug? Anything coming up? So I am also head of the um, ONA Pittsburgh uh, chapter. So it's the Online News Association. Um, it's a nonprofit that um, sort of helps as a, tr- not a trade organization, but a you know, organization of, of journalists who are in the digital space, um, some who are transitioning into the digital space. Um, and we are local chapters doing a, an event next uh, on the 30th. On the, uh, I think it's Wednesday, March 30th, with uh, the Public Relations uh, Society Association. I forget what it stands for. PRSA of Pittsburgh, because uh, sometimes PR people and journalists don't get along too well. And I think we're trying to do kind of an icebreaker thing. But would encourage anyone who's in the digital space, writing, editing, blogging, producing, you know, let me know. Would love to have more more people involved. We're going to have an event next week downtown, Sharp Edge. Have some drinks and uh, just chat and get to know each other a little bit more because it's sort of been ha- it's sort of been dormant. So I'm trying to revive ONA Pittsburgh and you know get some stuff going. Well, there's a lot of movement. There's a lot of movement going on uh, in Pittsburgh uh, with the, with stuff with publications. Uh, so uh, it's good to see uh, some 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 uh, getting together there. So awesome, uh, John Chichilla. I chill on the Twitters. Like, how that? How's that blog John, coming? That's it's actually. I got it. Like, I started to build out a bunch of the additional graphics and got a theme, and so it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Is it? Is it can we say that the chill? No, not not yet. Yeah, no, yeah, no, like, no, no. For probably two unveiling. weeks, the unveils two weeks. Chill is going to have a blog, and I'm sure he'll have a he'll have a gadget podcast. I'm sure. I don't know. But I, I do. It's called Sorg. It's called Awesome Cast. <laughs> <laughs> so his first few posts well, yeah exactly uh, his first few posts will be like the best of chilla on awesome cast um you know but, just just to get it going but real quick since you ignore your wife um so, pod camp pod camp has into it oh i'm sorry she said she said you ignored her texts as well she's texting me <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you need to take that phone back. Oh, I'm afraid oh, honey, to. working again. I'm afraid they're going to charge me this time. <laughs> so, then, so then I'm not. I'm not going to steal your thunder. So you can. You can. Pod Camp Pittsburgh dates are coming soon. They're going to be probably August-ish. But uh, well, we have them in hand. They've been. They've been kind of leaking out. But um, but no, you mark your calendar. Save the date. Be announced very very soon. And actually, a really cool idea for an evening of, with Pod Camp just came across 
uh, the Slack that I'm hoping to work on and hope to have an announcement uh, sooner or later there. Also, we're still doing the boot camps here in Beachview. So go look up on uh, the Carnegie uh, Carnegie Library. Actually, I should I need to put this over on the on the thing. Um, Carnegie Library uh, um, uh, calendar. We'll have the boot camps there. I want to do intro to podcasting coming up. I think it's the 26th, uh, 23rd, 26th-ish in April. Uh, so looking forward to that as well. What day um, of the week is that? Wednesdays. They're going to always be Wednesdays. Sorry, Chilla. That's okay. I'm sorry, Chilla. You want to learn how no. to podcast? No, I was going to say if you wanted if you wanted a sidekick, um, I would do something with the screencasting like we did for PodCamp. And I'm, I think I'm actually going to offer up that I would do a full PodCamp class on screencasting. Well, then maybe we'll do that for a boot camp. <laughs> but Wednesdays are bad. Oh, we can move it. Wah, we can wah, talk wah, to them. Wah. We can see what happens. Okay. I don't know. You know they do they do Tech Tuesdays and and I I, I went in there to pick up a, a DVD that came in and I said Tech Tuesdays adult class 3D printing. I know. I want to go. I know. I want to go too, but I'm busy. <laughs> can you have a Tech Thursday, please? I'll go can and you I'll back to you guys? You should. Okay. You could live pod. We could live from Ooh. live from Tech Tuesdays. It's Tuesday night. Ooh, this is an idea. I want to talk. <laughs> Wesley, you're getting an email. Uh, <laughs> Can we? Hey, could, would be? Will they shush us if we do a podcast from the library? Just, they're doing I a tech. Like they're they're teaching three D etiquette situation there. What's that? Seems like an etiquette breach to me. I don't know. The library. Now, if we brought the wrestling mayhem show, there'd probably be a problem. But. <laughs> You know how it is. But anyways, thank you, everybody. Check out the show, awesomecast.net. Thanks to Missy, who who's a uh, text that I ignore, but she's been tweeting and doing notes and uh, keeping the chat room wrangled all night at Rebellious Flaw on the Twitters. And uh, and, and please uh, subscribe to the show, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio. There's another podcast old media thing that gets weird stitcher uh facebook we're posting the videos and some clips on there as well actually the full show is there on wednesday so if you want to just watch in facebook if that's where you live that's okay that's okay or if you're that person that has to google facebook to get to facebook <laughs> which happened in my class They're last probably week not watching this show. <laughs> i was i i, I was it was asked that uh, about can I can I pin it to my taskbar so I don't have to Google Facebook to get to it and I'm just like kind of stopped for a moment. Okay. Anyways, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you to our awesome chat room live awesomecast I'm sorry live every Tuesday night 6:30 p.m. Eastern time. Thanks to our awesome chat room. You've been our awesome audience. Have an awesome week. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.